So, Michelle. So, David. Just when you thought everything was going to settle down and we could just get to a nice, normal life. Nancy Pelosi makes her flight. Boom! (laughs) And China is up in arms, literally in arms again. And I thought that today, let's sit down and just pass this terrible knot of tension. Let's give give the Taiwan Strait a little bit of a massage. Yes, there's lots to to massage. See if we can't just loosen the truth out of this. Find out what the hell is going on. And also maybe in our small way, there's probably an intelligence officer in the Ministry of Intelligence in China listening to this will go, damn. Those guys, are, they're onto something. We should chill. I don't know if they would. We can hope. You're listening to I Spy, the raised eyebrow of Australian intelligence. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, Penny. It's going further. Please. It's a highbrow. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And look, we're going to unpack Taiwan specifically off the back of Nancy Pelosi's visit. I mean, mm. she's Speaker of the House. Yep. She's the first Speaker of the House in 25 years yes. to visit. And I have to say, apparently when the last Speaker of the House visited, they got a considerably warm welcome just like the one she got. Now, there's a couple of interesting points. Newt Gingrich, all right? Yep. So just yep. with Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House is the second in line for the President. Throne. Throne. Should we just say throne? Yeah, let's call it throne. <laughs> the second in line to be raided by the FBI mm. in their private resort in Miami. Right. So essentially, Nancy Pelosi is pretty high up in the US government. Yep. The difference being Nancy Pelosi is a Democrat. Joe Biden, the president, is a Democrat. Mm. When Newt Gingrich went across, Newt Gingrich is a Republican, but Bill Clinton was the president and he was a Democrat. Now, a couple of different things were going on. First and foremost, he was going to Beijing first. Right. Newt Gingrich was travelling to Beijing and he said, I think I'm going to stop over in Taiwan. Now, his visit to Taiwan was only two hours. He literally landed on the ground, got out of the plane, waved, shook hands, got back in the plane, flew away. Right. The Chinese were up in arms about the fact that he was going to go to Taiwan. Mm. So, Newt Gingrich uh, just turned around and went, okay, I won't go to Beijing. And that's when Beijing backed up and went, hang on a second, maybe this isn't a good idea. The other thing about China at the time was it was post-Chinaman Square. Uh, Jing Ziamen was the chairman of the Politburo and, of course, the president, and they were desperate to actually open doors with America. Right. right? It wasn't the point that they're at now where actually they're like looking at America going, when do we get our money back? Mm. So the big, that was the big difference. One, Gingrich had a bit more power behind him in that the Chinese wanted to engage with America, and two, he was willing to turn and he's a blind eye to Beijing. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about Pelosi is Pelosi never made the effort to go to Beijing. It could have been a very different thing if she'd gone, hey, guys, let's, I'm going to call into Beijing, say good day to you guys, and then do you mind if I just stop by quickly in Taiwan? And, you know, the Chinese would have gone, no, and she would have gone, okay, I won't come and see you. So it's a massive face loss exercise, I think, here for the Chinese. Yeah, and I do think it's also very indicative of the Democratic Party at the moment where they like to just, like, do these big, broad, woke gestures that, you know, don't really do a lot in terms of creating harmony or, you know, the, I mean, their foreign policy, the US foreign policy is shot anyway. Oh, it's mad. It's, so, like, it's been why, crazy for six why, years. Why would you ruffle feathers of this magnitude when you there is not, it's not, there's no need? It was largely for US domestic consumption. It wasn't in any way to try and influence China. It wasn't but in Zoom, any way to- Zoom works. Zoom really works. Yeah, it does. But the thing, yeah, but the thing is, 
you've got to see her putting her feet on the ground. Right. I mean, it's literally boots on the ground type exercise. She goes in there. But um, she didn't need to go there. Someone she, else could have gone there. Yes, someone else could have gone there, but it's a more it's a bigger statement that mm. it's the Speaker of the House that goes. I know. That's the point, though. It's a bigger statement. It's aggressive. And what it's done is created a little bit more disharmony in the Taiwanese strait. It's also done a really interesting thing for America in that the Taiwanese will now be looking at America and going, look, these F-16s you sold us, good and all as they are, they aren't a match for the Su-35 fighter platforms that the Chinese are using. You reckon you could chuck a couple of F-35s our way? Especially now that they're mad at us. Yeah, now they're really <laughs> angry and they're shooting missiles yeah. over our island. The interesting thing about the Taiwanese, when they talk, the people have spoken to the Taiwanese, and they just like go, oh, the, the Chinese are firing missiles at us, or as we like to call it, Thursday. Yeah. Right? The interesting thing about the exercise, and this is a really interesting thing about the exercise, mm. is the Chinese have never done an exercise this big. Right, they haven't ever had this many assets on the ground at once. The Chinese might go, "We're really angry. We're going to fire some missiles across your mm. island and dump them in the, the Sea of Japan," which, by the way, is now ticked off Japan because some of the missiles landed in their economic exclusion oh, zone, nice. which you're not allowed to do. Yes, right? of course, Japan would go, "Hey, don't chuck your shit over our fence," and the Chinese would go, "What?" and they go, "Just do chill." Right? Yeah, the Japanese don't need any hassle. Now, the other thing that's really interesting is they not only fired, the, you know, they might fire a missile, they might send planes across the median line of the Taiwan Sea. What they did is they did it all at once. They had ships circling the island, they had missiles going over, mm. and they had planes in the air. That is a massive, massive logistic nightmare. Yes, particularly when they go, we're going to do this, and we're not going to tell everyone who's also in the air. So, commercial airlines, freight ships, that we're not going to tell anyone. We're just going to launch this and. Pray to God that we don't hit anything. It's just like throwing all your military hardware out of the toy box and watching it go. <laughs> That's an absolutely brilliant analogy because the really interesting thing about the Chinese toy box is literally every toy in the box mm. is brand new. Yeah. This is the thing is the Chinese have had a massive military expansion over the last 10 years, like huge. Like oh, yeah, I know. And, and most of it is our building dirt. And it's also part of the reason why they feel that they can, you know, beat their chest and be provocative, especially militarily. Yeah, but there's a really important thing. They have all of these new toys. They haven't actually used them for purpose yet. This is the interesting thing about the- Which uh, is a good thing. Well, it's a very good thing. The Chinese- (laughs) Beyond like those terrible hand-to-hand border disputes down around India and the occasional sabre rattle up on the Sino-Russian border, apart from that, the Chinese have not used any – have not been in a military engagement since the 80s when they tried to invade Vietnam and got their ass thoroughly handed to them. Right. See, this is another great thing, just as a sidebar. Don't ever get into war with Vietnam. They will kick your ass. They've never lost. No, well, but also because normally it's on their terms and they know their terms. Oh, yeah, they know the territory. They they know the ins and outs of their terms. Oh, mate. (laughs) They know the clauses, the subclauses. In a thousand years, they have never lost a war. Well, now the. the, Well, I mean, this this is also, I mean, this is also a people who basically built down and waited for it to end by living in tunnels. Yep. And the other great thing about the Vietnamese is they will kick your ass and then afterwards they'll go, no hard feelings. Yep, feel free to spend your money here. We don't care. Yeah. that's Well, I don't know about that. Like I did do Vietnam a good 15 years ago and I have to say there's a 
little hurt feelings. Oh, really? They're, yeah, I we stopped off at the demilitarized zone and did some looking around. You know where they, all the bombs were dropped and where the um, oh yeah yeah, yeah where yeah, yeah. all the tunnels were dug and all of that stuff. And at that point, fifteen years ago, it wasn't as as big a place for tourists to go. Yeah. And so being there, we were kind of an anomaly. Mm. And I have to say there were moments where we felt that we were an anomaly. An anomaly. <laughs> anomaly. anomaly. Yeah, I was about to say, say anomaly three times <laughs> yeah, yeah. fast. Anomaly. anomaly yeah, anomaly. anomaly. Right, so getting back to China, mm. they haven't tested any of this stuff and they really do need to know what's going on with their military forces. Mm. The best way to do that is to throw it all out on the table and see what happens. So, in effect, the Pelosi visit has given the Chinese the perfect opportunity to go, let's put this out there yeah. as a strategic exercise, not just... Let's just put our planes out, see how they go. Gee, those F- those SU-35s we got from Russia are great. Or actually, literally, these SU-35s that we stole the plans from Russia for. Or let's see how our ships operate, how our missiles operate, which they all do brilliantly, all right? Mm. Their technology works. It's good. But the big thing for that is they needed to know, can we actually do this? Can we get it all out at once and make it work? Now, for them, deploying into the Taiwan Strait is really nothing. Yeah. Right. It's lit- it would literally like being the Australian Navy deploying mm. into Sydney Harbour. It's it's not that hard, right? Literally, you just take off the dock and, wow, I'm there. Yeah. Right? So this is the interesting thing about what they've done. Now, the other thing is the reason they want Taiwan, there's a couple of reasons, but one of the most interesting ones that- They're good with electronics. Well, this is exactly it, <laughs> right? So Taiwan separated from China in 1979. They declared independence from China. They were a separate country. I was going to say they were separate anyway. They, they were separate country, anyway. But in have, ni- they have their own um, language and everything. And own flag and own yes. government. But in 1979, they, they instead of going, we are an autonomous region, we are definitely an independent nation. It's a, The, the yeah. history is a bit weird. And if you don't know the history of Taiwan, it comes down to the fact that the nationalists- Erased it all. Uh, uh, the nationalists after the revolution went hit on Taiwan. That was the only place they had left mm. while Chairman Mao took the rest of the country. But the thing is, in the 70s and 80s, they had a massive industrial capital boom. Yes. But they basically went from being this island off the coast of China to being the factory off the Ooh, coast of all China. All the Sony Walkmans came from there. Boom. That's what I remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Sony Walkman. Did you have the one with the cassette or were you talking oh my about gosh. the Discman? No, I had a Walkman yeah. with a cassette. Yeah, so did I. I used to carry it around ASIO and listen to Balinese music just to see how long it would take for me to go crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is a weird thing to be doing. I listened to Europe's The Final Countdown. <laughs> well, yeah, we all listen to that. And, of course, winds of change. Oh. Oh, yeah. Fresh mullets. But the thing is, Taiwan was the template Mm. for the big industrial and capital change in China. Right. So in effect, they're like going, well, you know, we actually modeled ourselves on what Taiwan did, so we want Taiwan back. The other thing about it is, and this has only happened in the last decade, Taiwan has become a massive tourist destination for China. Right. To the point where they were talking to some Taiwanese person in the street and they turned around and said, I remember 10 years ago you could you would never see a mainland Chinese on Taiwan. Really? Now there's about 6 million of them every day. Right. They And it is. Taiwan's meant to be spectacular. It's meant to be beautiful. There's always posters in the travel agent mm. of visit Taiwan and it's a beautiful river or some wonderful uh, sort of geographic feature. I don't know if Taiwan's on my list. Oh, look, I go there. But I wouldn't have it stamped in my passport in case no. I want to go to China. No. Taiwan is kind of like the Cuba 
Yep. Is China's Cuba. You you want to go there, but you don't want everyone to know. Now, getting back to the Pelosi visit, the interesting thing about that is I personally think one of the big things for the Pelosi visit as well, not only did it give the Chinese a chance to look at their own equipment and their yep. own deployment and their own strategy and tactics and go, all right, what works, what doesn't. Mm. It's also given the Americans a really good idea of what the they Chinese have. are doing and okay. what they've got. Yes, now, at the same sense. time, it's also given the Chinese a great chance to have a look at what the Taiwanese have. Because as soon as they launch a missile, they then watch the, Chi- the Taiwanese reaction. So everyone's just flinging their dicks out to see who's got the biggest. Basically, the <laughs> milliner's table has been placed. See, this is what happens when men are in charge. Look, I've told this, I've said this on a number of occasions. Can you please take over? I <laughs> done. I will gladly take over. Well, we- no, no, not you specifically. Oh, okay, can, right. can your gender please start writing the world? I mean, I'm quite happy for you to do it. The same way I'm quite happy for my real wife to yes. do it. Yes, you're my studio wife. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my my real wife. My my life was infinitely better as soon as my wife took control. 100% because right. we are organised, we understand We understand how to speak to people without yep. offending them. Uh-huh. We don't yell unless we're yelled at. Oh, unless you're in traffic and then you yell. Oh, God, don't get me started. Oh, the way people drive in Sydney drives me mental. Anyway. Oh, they're all idiots. Everyone is an idiot in a car except me. Correct. Right. So the interesting thing is that like, the Chinese have worked out what the Taiwanese strategic assets are. You know, we're literally down to the place of yep. where are their radar stations? Yep. And also, I mean, though these days, even these days, they're all mobile. Also, where are they moving their troops to when we we move our amphibious landing craft towards their coast? Where are their right. their troops moving to? Generally, where your amphibious landing craft is moving to. That's generally my answer to that. The other thing that the Chinese are getting from it, as have you know, everyone's getting intelligence. This mm. has been an absolute intelligence bonanza. If you're a military strategist or a military analyst, mate, you would be literally sitting behind your desk getting your jollies off right now. Um, it was the US <laughs> reaction. Yes, you would. Which was incredible. I thought the US reaction was absolutely brilliant. In what way? Well, the US in the area, the US have the uh, USS Ronald Reagan airstrike group. So that's an air, the USS Ronald Reagan, the aircraft carrier, and its entire support fleet. Right. So that would be cruisers, frigates, you know, supply ships, hospital ships. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's a fleet, right? I think it's the Fifth Pacific Fleet. I don't know. Somebody out there would know the answer to that. Uh, right. So this is a big battle group and it sits off the coast of Japan. Right. Yep. And then you've got Okinawa, which is basically the Marine Corps. Right. Most of Okinawa is US Marines. That would be an interesting thing for us to talk about is Okinawa. So Okinawa, which also has two Marine amphibious landing craft, which means they can also get helicopters and F thirty five strike. Amazing. Right. They've got all this technology. You know what happened as soon as China went, We're gonna have a huge exercise in the middle of the Taiwan Strait? America went, Cool. Go right ahead. Enjoy that and didn't move one single thing. Right. Right, which was the perfect reaction. If they'd gone, oh, hang on a minute, and they'd done that, that's when you know you do not want two superpowers sort of puffing their chests up against each other. Yes, because Penny Wong, foreign minister, was also basically coming in like – Penny Wong reminds me of like a very stern aunt – you know, whatever Penny Wong says, you you kind of take it very seriously. She's the cool aunt. She's she's well, no, seriously she's a bit trust stern me, and a I've, bit cool. I've had the pleasure of meeting Penny Wong, and the great thing about it was she's just standing there with a glass of wine, and she looks at you, and you go, "Damn, you're cool." Yes, she's the cool aunt that you don't want to disappoint. No, you don't want to disappoint her. No. And it, anyway, so she has been calling for both sides, both the US and China, yep. to de-escalate the tension because 
at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's causing a bit of distress for people in our region. Very, a, a lot of distress. And mm. when it comes to Australia, what's our problem? Our massive problem is we are woefully underprepared. We are woefully like underprepared. Start. We also are tied militarily to the US. Yeah. So if the US does anything, we have to follow through. But then it's annoying because the US could leave and go, well, fuck it, you guys can deal with all this. And then we're stuck because we're still in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't just up and go. We just can't up and move. So basically the US is shitting in our territory, creating drama, and then we have to clean that, it up. Yeah, but that, you know, it's literally they, they throw the Coke can out the window and it's like yes. clean up the mess. Now, the, uh, uh, getting back to Penny Wong, personally I think if anyone can fix this, it's <laughs> probably her. Yeah, she's pretty stern. You're just waiting for her to just sit there and go, both you idiots, sit down, get your shit sorted. Get back to work. Yep, yep. Right? I just, I mean, for me personally, I find it really funny that we're looking at this situation right now, and I like to say it, and, and you know, again, you can call me on it, don't at me, or no, feel free to at me, no, at, at my spy podcast. At um, him, at him, please at him. At him. I, actually, it gives me something to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it, beyond the washing. Right, the whole thing is, you have a superpower that's in decline. I think the mm. United States is in decline at the moment. Personally, like, I think they're already declined. Yes. Well, domestically, they've got a lot of problems, right? China. A lot of problems. Lot and of- also successive governments have really fucked up in the foreign policy sphere. Like yeah. you you know, we we've created well, they've created drama and mess. Yeah. All over the place. I mean, it really, going back to Chalmers Johnson, the blowback at the moment is insane. Yes, yeah, so from Clinton. I mean, Clinton was kind of the first, the start of it all. He kind of said, look, we're going to focus more domestically. We're going to pull out of um, the international sphere. And then they became a little bit more self-centred and a bit more isolated. Uh, I wouldn't say, look, honestly, the problem is you had Reagan was very uh, bombastic, very hawkish. Then yeah. you had Clinton who was... Like he was a. Let's get back to being America. He was the the the, the hawk's talon in mm-hmm. a, a velvet glove. The whole thing with the Balkans, with Kosovo and, yep, and yep. Bosnia Herzegovina and all that. I mean, what they were doing over there was pretty intense, even though it was under the auspices of a UN peacekeeping thing. Then you had Bush, which was just. I mean, that was a hot mess. Well, that was just that to me was really the beginning of the of Trump. real decline. That was that was beginning of Trumpism, essentially. Yeah, well, but it was had, Bushisms. You had Bushisms. Bush Tea Party <laughs> Trump. Right? Yes, and that this this decline. You had Obama in the middle. But who, Obama wasn't great either. He wasn't great because also the problem is the way the American system works. I know he couldn't pass anything. You can't get anything past Congress. I know absolutely. The the fact that he couldn't in a year couldn't get a Supreme Court justice, but within two weeks, Trump could. Well, but that's also because none of them retired. If Ginsburg had retired before she died. Before she died. But not just that, but the whole thing is when Mitch McConnell turned around and went, no, I'm sorry, the last year of a president, you Mm -hmm. can't do a Supreme Court justice. It's like, it's two weeks before the election, let's put it in a Supreme Court justice. It was like, wait a second. But, you know, the problem is it's a power grab, it's a money grab, it's a hot mess. Yes. America is a hot mess. America is completely a hot mess. And so that's why I was dumbfounded at the focus on Taiwan. Mm. Because out of everything, Nancy Pelosi's choice to go to Taiwan, to me, seems like it is something that was completely unnecessary. It was an unnecessary provocation. Absolutely. Right? And again, I do believe it was for domestic consumption only. It was I I look, here's the thing. I'm sure she had reasons. Mm. But the thing is, in her very pro-democracy democratic way, she kind of was like 
no, I believe that we're like, you know, she was doing she was doing the Taiwanese people a service. That's what she believed in her mind. Yeah. Which a lot of Taiwanese people went, yeah, I mean, there was the great welcome that she of course. saw and all that. So I was like, wow, we've got an American Speaker of the House here. This is great. But uh, not all of them were happy. Yeah, but a lot of them were like going, we really don't need this shit right no. now. Can you please not do this because you're upsetting our neighbours and our neighbours are really, really just, they are the neighbours from hell. Yes, right? they have parties. <laughs> like, well, only they only have one party. It's yeah. a long party. It's a communist party. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, if whoever is listening out there, just a little golf sorry, clap. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm dropping the, the mic now. I'm, my mic has dropped. I'm out. Golf clap. I just want you to send the <laughs> clap emoji to Ice My Podcast for that one. Um, now, the other thing mm. that you've got it absolutely right, you know, it's one long communist party over there. Yeah. But the other thing is they are the guys that will quite happily park their car in your driveway. Right. Oh, 100%. Right. And they don't even see the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> they just park on your lawn. Yeah. Right. So it is a David and Goliath thing. Mm. And America have said, we totally support the one country rule. Yes. But if you make any moves against Taiwan, we will respond militarily. That's a huge ask. So now Penny Wong was mentioning AUKUS mm. and ASEAN and how that's all kind of tied up in this. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. So, and how like, you know, basically once again saying we all need to encourage all parties to be measured and not be provocative. Uh, let me put it this way. Uh, on the Easter weekend, I went to Canberra with my wife for a weekend away from our children because we were sick to death of them. Didn't you do some weird maypole thing? Oh, we did a maypole oh, dance. We went to the folk you festival. Are, oh, my God. You're so embarrassing. Anyway, <laughs> I went to Coachella because I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 you went to Coachella. I went to Canberra. My son had a party. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Right, and... From about 9 o'clock on Saturday night, I just got text after text after text after text from my neighbours going, tell him to keep the music down, to which I went, I'm not there, I can't hear it. Yeah. Right? And then I kept sending my messages to my son going, keep the music down. Now, this is China-Taiwan. The neighbour directly above us, because we live in a, a mm. block of apartments, the neighbour above us is Taiwan. My son's party is China, right? <laughs> yeah. It was a long and loud party. And the thing was... Eventually, the entire building, we had we had a meeting with all of the neighbours because one neighbour went, that's it, no one is allowed to ever have a party in this building ever again. To what? which everyone went, dude, or I have the right to deny anyone to have a party if they have more than 10 people, which was just like, what? you can't do that. No. By law, you can't. But the whole thing was, and as our chairman of the body corporate said, Maybe if we're a little bit nicer to each other, this wouldn't be a problem. Yes. Yeah. And this is what it feels like. The problem being with China, Taiwan is China believes they own your unit. Right. right? And they don't. They don't. And so they, they're trying to build their own version of Taiwan yeah. elsewhere. They're, well, they have. They, they, they're not trying. They've already, they've literally gone, oh, yeah, that's what your place looks like. Look at our factory. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Look at my home brewery. It's like, yeah. dude, it's a yeah. micro. We're just going to build an island because Taiwan doesn't want us anymore. So we're yeah. just going to replica Taiwan. Yeah, we're just going to build a whole bunch of them with airstrips and cannons <laughs> and point them at you. Yeah. Right? So this is the interesting thing with Taiwan. It is the political meat in the sandwich. It because is. it's also, mate, China and the US are rubbing hard against each other and not in the nice way. No, there's there are no erections. There's no, there's, there is absolutely <laughs> nothing titillating about this at all. And unfortunately, you know, Taiwan is, it's like, when two grandparents hug okay. and a child gets caught in the middle and they just like go, oh, oh. God, let me out of this. Yeah. Right? Taiwan doesn't want to be in this no. position. But the problem is, like, that's the problem with islands. As you said earlier, 
We can't move. Well, and it's creating distress for us in the region because at some point we're going to have to deal with this. We're, we're dealing with our own issues with China. Yep. You know, we're, we've got some trade issues. We're kind of cleaning up some bad foreign policy on yep. behalf of the Liberal Party yep. and previous governments. And that's why I, what I found very interesting was how um, Penny Wong stressed the words both sides. Penny and, Wong yeah, she just was, raised yeah. that eyebrow yep. and the entire Asian region went, oh, Jesus, Auntie Penny's <laughs> angry. Right. Now, yep. here's one interesting point that's been made. A lot of people went, oh, my God, it, it, they're going to invade. Right. China are going to invade Taiwan now. That, that, you know, no. Pelosi has pushed, the, the, they won't. pushed it forward. The thing is, it comes down to that classic old last warning the Chinese last warning, which, as the Russians said, we got 600 last warnings yes, the last time so we had a fight with them and nothing happened. And also what's going on in Ukraine, they've kind of seen that. That's the big point. <laughs> there was the classic that Putin mm. met Xi Jinping yes. during the Winter Olympics and, you know, the rumour was that Xi Jinping turned around to Putin and went, just wait until our closing ceremony before you invade. Exactly. Right. The big thing about that was China thought that Russia would go into the Ukraine. And it happened so easy. And Europe would go, oh, this is not good. I'm not happy. What is happening? Right, you know, they'd all go. Don't stop. Oh well. Too late. But but instead, everyone's giving them all the military hardware. Yeah, they went, can. They're like, you, oh, we, you can have this. We don't need this anymore. We're not using these tanks. Yeah. Uh, right, all of that sort of stuff. The united reaction of Europe and the United States. Oh my gosh! Really made China go. Wait, Wait a minute. We thought Taiwan might be easy. Yeah. We thought Taiwan <laughs> would be easy, and the difference being is Ukraine. It's a land based. War, right? Yes. It's, it's in the middle of a continent where Taiwan is an island. On the flip side of that, if um, China embargo Taiwan, it's going to be really hard for the Americans to get gear in there. But they're giving them stuff like the HRM, what are the HRAM? They're like rocket launchers. Yeah. The Americans have given them the, to the Ukrainians, and those things are absolutely ripping it up. Right. right? They are tearing into the, the Russians. Now, there has been rumor that Taiwan are getting the same equipment. Now, if they have that sort of gear, they can use that as a land-based anti-ship system. So these, the technology is there for Taiwan to protect themselves or at least hold out. And the thing is, with a war like this, if you're trying to take over an island, the longer you can hold out, the harder it gets and the less attractive it becomes for the environment. I just wonder, though, whether the Taiwanese would be as steadfast as the Ukrainians. Oh, I think so. I think they would. I, right. I seriously think because that, it, that, you know European mentalities, but specifically in those regions mm-hmm. like Ukraine and stuff like that, and particularly when it comes to Russia, because those go back like centuries. Yeah, but don't forget, I mean, Taiwan has an indigenous population. It's not just the, the ethnic Chinese that of have moved across not. there. They have a, a an ethnic population that don't regard themselves as Chinese. But I just wonder what the proportion of that is, and whether they could be bothered. Oh, they could be. Like it's you their, reckon? It's, mate, when it comes to land, it's that classic thing. The West underestimates the East. They underestimate Asia. But my God, you don't want to go up against the Thais. You don't want to go up against the Vietnamese. You don't want to go. The classic quote, never get into land war in Asia because it will kick your ass. Asia is a big place. Mm. I mean, if you look, uh, the great thing is if you look at Taiwan, Taiwan has a population of 26 million. It's analogous popu- to Australia. Pretty much same population right? in Australia, yeah. The, spa- uh, the amount of space they've got, 38,000 square kilometres. Mm. Do you so know how big that is? Victoria? No, uh, Victoria's bigger. 
Oh. Half Tasmania. Oh, my God. Half of Tasmania. They are, like, literally on top of each other. Well, they lots of buildings, lots of tall buildings. Yeah. Right. Now, America, that has 9 million square kilometres. Mm. China has around about 9 million, just above 9 million yeah. square kilometres. Australia... We're a big place. Mm. We have, like, you know, China is 1.6 billion, USA is 350 million, Australia 26 million, and we have 7.6 million square kilometres. Right. So take mm. all of Australia and crunch it into half of Tasmania. Yes, but Australia doesn't have a lot of arable land. Like, all our land is on the coast. We yeah, don't, yeah. like, you can't, there's like, 90% of our country is uninhabitable. Yeah, but it's full of buildy dirt <laughs> and, yes. and magic dirt, all right? Uh, so We've the, got all the dirts. <laughs> yeah, we got all the dirts, baby, and yep. we're willing to sell it at cheap. We yep. do it cheap. Right, so th- this is the thing. This is a tiny, tiny little island, mm. but, again, from small things, great things grow – Taiwan is just, it's like the rose between, or the, the thorn between two roses. It is an irritant for both sides. Yes. Right. China want it back. The US want them to be independent, right? And because of that, it's going to just, it, it just sits there festering. It's like, you know what, Eddie? I don't want to, I'm not doing this as an insult to Taiwan. It's like that festering sore. Right. Right. And until someone rubs a little bit of salve on it, you know, a little bit of solacite antiseptic gel, mm. relax, right? The irritation around it will decline. So Penny Wong is the rub. Penny Wong, she is the solacite of global politics. Oh, I don't know if she'd like that. I really do. I'm going to be in so much trouble yeah. if I ever meet her. She's yep. going to, she'll give me the eyebrow and my head will melt like, you know, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not the eyebrow. No one oh, wants the eyebrow. not the eyebrow. China, United States, get your shit together or you're going to get the eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> 